I would also like to say that generally speaking, outside of even this particular situation, I would also love to see statistics on anything. They're wildly I, fascinating. I love I love to see the, the stats. I just got to see the numbers. So I, I'm just going to start saying that in like response to everything. I'd have to see the numbers. <laughs> even you know? if I don't understand what the numbers mean, show me. Yeah, like I just, I got to see it. I just want to see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got you have Excel on your phone. Pull it up. That that, that sounds like a line that Tony Stark would have said in one of the Avengers movies. You're like, mm, I gotta see the numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. We have some details so delicious that you'll gobble them up with one bite. A little pink birdie told me that it smells something wonderful. When it comes to GoFest 2021, what do you dare to dream? Battle night, you say? Here, hold my spreadsheets. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 145. It's May 20th, yet another, I'm just kidding, it's actually a Thursday evening. Kyle and I are recording later in the week due to some things we both had to navigate early on at the beginning of this week here, but I don't think it'll make a difference. If, if everything works out the way it should, this should still be published at the, the same time. I probably could have just said we record on Tuesday and nobody would have been the wiser, but I'm your host, Chris, and as always, the guy keeping me honest here and not lying about saying it's tuesday is kyle hiya hey kyle how's it hanging uh you're you're totally right that if you tried to say tuesday i would have called you out on it immediately you would have buried me dude yeah i know i know that's why i got just it's not even worth it chris just let it go understandable uh before we get started here shout out to two brand new patrons of ours chelsea and neil thank you so much the two of you for your patronage and therefore support. We hope that you're enjoying the Discord if uh, you choose to engage in there. I believe I saw the two of you join. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And if not, thank you so much. All the same, your support means just as much to us regardless. All right, Mr. Kyle, it's been a week. Uh, we also had Swablu Community Day this past weekend, and we are now in the first few days of the new luminous legends why event i'm very excited to get your take on that but first we did set some goals and that included our shiny counts so why don't we do the goals outside of our shiny counts first and then talk about our shiny counts when we actually review the event itself so outside of your specific shiny count you wanted to hit level 43 yep i did it excellent and then you wanted to do at least 25 gbl matches I did that, too. Wow. Okay. In fact, I won 19 in a row once Go Battle League swapped back over from Master League slash Retro to all three leagues. And I was just like, what is happening right now? (laughs) What did you change? Did you introduce a new team? I I used the same team I have used for all, like, I don't know, I've done 190 matches this season not that many obviously yeah it's the same team i've used for 75 or 80 percent of them did you like something outside of the game did you start like drinking milk every morning <laughs> no all of the enemies are terrible all i and i'm i mean this sincerely because it has no <laughs> part of me i'm talking about like i led with an altaria 
Mm-hmm. And they had a Pokemon that Altaria bodied. So they switched into a Dragonair. Huh. And I didn't even, I, I just farmed it down. Like I didn't even have to use a charge move. And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? That's amazing. There was five out of those 19 wins. I didn't even switch from my Galarian Stunfisk. Hmm. Like that's how bad the matchups were. I, I have another theory, an opposing theory, if you will. I think after the years and years of me saying this to you whenever given the opportunity, even if it's not close, going on my way to say it, I think you might have actually gotten good. <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm. How modest of you. <laughs> I think everybody else is like, oh, my God, I need my elite TM. Let's go just throw whatever you got. All right. Well, whatever you got to do, ride that wave of success. We'll come back to your third and final goal, which is your shining count in just a minute here. Outside of my shiny goal, I wanted to get 1 million experience. And boy, howdy, did I do that handily. Hit 5.8 million Stardust. It was kind of touch and go, but I'm at 5.85 now. So that's looking pretty good there. And hatch 50 plus eggs. I'm happy to report that by the time I took the screenshot of my Adventure Sync summary on Monday, I had hatched 132 eggs or 123. Sorry, 123 eggs this past week. I've hatched two eggs this week. (laughs) That's it? This week so far? Yeah. I've walked 30 kilometers, though. That just sounds like someone's neglecting their incubator. No. One of those eggs is a 12K. (laughs) Yeah, but there there weren't two 15Ks, you know, like doesn't even didn't incubate something for part of those 30 kilometers. I I mean, I must have. I got I've got something in an incubator right now, so Okay, that's well, that's nice. I'm so just saying like, the math shakes out that it's look, unavoidable. Look, all, all I'm saying is that I have a 10K <laughs> that's seven kilometers in. I have 29 kilometers, 29.5 kilometers walked. So mm-hmm. that means I was at 22. 12 of that was a 12K. So I'm just saying. It's that's very, a lot very, of wasted kilometers. Very few wasted kilometers. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm at 29 eggs hatched so far this week Jeez. so far. So anyway, yeah, I have a problem. So I did that. So all that's left is our, our shiny Swablu count. So let's do it. We're going to talk about Swablu community here before we actually get into the news section, because it's not really news. It's old news. So we'll talk about that. Um, so I'd like to leave with our shiny counts here. Kyle, you wanted to get at least 18. How'd you fare? I got almost double that. I got 33. Very nice. And that means that Kyle has gone three for three this week. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I wanted to get 31. And at the buzzer, oh I got my, my 31st. I sure oh did. God. That's a four out of four for me. Y'all, buddy. Look at us. Just a couple of winners. <laughs> um, so what would you think about Swablu Community Day? I know you weren't particularly excited about the event itself, but we did have the opportunity to hang out. Uh, you and I and several other members of our community, some people took the trek. Some people were very local, which is why it was so easy to do for several of us. How'd you think it went? I mean, as far as the community, it was, you know, average at best. But I had a ton of fun because it was the first time I got to be social in like almost 15 months. Not counting. OK, count the stay at home fest, but that was very distant socially. And I just had a great time. It was great to see everybody who came out and it was great to have a big group of people all interested in Pokemon go again. Yeah. Uh, we were very lucky to have most of our moderators able to make the trip out and we kind of hung out and, and just had like a sort of uh, Hey, we all just got vaccinated. Let's, let's see how this goes. And it went really well. Very, very nicely. 
Um, I think the event was was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm always all about quarter hatch distance eggs. Uh, we ended up walking about eight miles that day as a group. Those of us had stayed the entire time. And it was phenomenal. Now, I have a really hard time parsing out the joy that I had from it being a social engagement like Kyle was just describing and the event itself. So to me, Swablu Community Day was quite the highlight uh, because of that. So give or take, I had just a wonderful experience. It's hard for me to say otherwise. <laughs> and I want I want to take this opportunity to take a jab at Chris because the night before, we also got together with several people to have a bonfire slash fire pit and just had a good time just mm-hmm. talking and hanging out. And for those of you who don't know, Chris at his house has about 20 spawn points. True. So you open up your phone and it's a literal bombardment. And yeah. so every time somebody opened up their phone to check Pokemon Go, which in a group of nine, seven or eight people playing Pokemon Go is frequent, they're like, oh my God, Chris. And at one point I was like, this is ridiculous. And Chris is like, it's not that I don't even I don't even catch all of them. I just shiny check. I only clear it out five or six times a day. It's not that much of an advantage. And I have to and I'm just like, that's still 150 Pokemon every day just at home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I quick catch them. So I don't catch all of them. Sometimes they run depending. Um, But yeah, sure, (laughs) sure. Sure. If we'd like to choose that to be our our camp for sodium this week, I'll accept that. That's fine. <laughs> but you be, kind of become numb to the situation after a while. You open it and you're like, oh, geez, 15 Jigglypuff. Like, I'm good, fam. Like, I don't uh, need that. I mean, as somebody who lived on top of a gym, I can say that I, I did not get over it. So, <laughs> But that's different. If I was on top of a gym or a stop or something like that, I, I would probably feel differently changing away from that but a number of spawns i don't know you can always pop an incense in my mind so Mm, an incense requires you to keep looking at your phone whereas local spawns means you can catch that bulk and then come back in a half hour yeah i understand i understand they're not identical i'm just saying there is a solution wherein going from a stop to not having to stop or a gym there is no solution for that the solution is go play very true (laughs) that being said Um, I would like to get your opinion before we actually hop into the news proper. We have very minimal news this week, but I'd like to get your initial thoughts on the Luminous Legends Y event so far. Now, I should say, first of all, that almost universally, the Luminous Legends X event was heralded as one of the best events we've had in a long time. Now, that's not to say we haven't had good events. That is to say that this one in particular was very well crafted, and for lasting two weeks, the content was spread out in such a way that it felt comfortable. The spawns were compelling. The research was interesting. We felt rewarded. We have a brand new fairy-type boss. While it's not impressive, it was still fun because it was new and Xerneas is pretty awesome. Like, there are lots of things to have been excited about. People are feeling a little bit different about why. And I would like to hear your thoughts, Kyle. <laughs> I'm sure there's one point in particular that I'm going to let Chris bring up because he's actually completed it and I haven't. That said, I don't really care for the event at all. Like I'm catching because I'm, I'm catching, mm-hmm. but I'm not excited when I'm clicking on anything. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, that said, there are several really good shinies that I still do not have from this event. I still don't have a shiny Murkrow. I don't have a shiny Hound Hour, which I really like. Huh. 
So it, they, they have still eluded me. But Poochiena's out there too. I've gotten two of those, so I am okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, okay. This is my beef. I know what Chris's beef is. The field research are the worst field researchers we've ever had in the game. Full stop. They're not good. They are full stop the absolute worst. And I'm saying this from a point of like deep frustration, not anger, just frustration, because I just finished the second step of my Mew research, which means now I need to do 151 field research. That's not happening for this event. Absolutely <laughs> 0% chance. I have done like six over the course of five days. Sure. Okay. I completely agree. And it's funny that you say that and that you say that it's different from my complaint because it's largely the same complaint just from different angles. <laughs> yeah, it's, right? it's similar. Are you good? I'm going to step in. Here. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Okay. So uh, what, what Kyle was alluding to is that I have finished the limited research, right? Um, and it took me a long time. And I'm not going to lie. I was very interested in getting it done because I have to finish all the ones that I'm able to do because uh, it's just a personal obsession of mine slash goal. I like to finish all the limited research and get them on my completed list. So uh, I bought a few radars and stuff just to finish it up because otherwise it would have taken me all week. Um, so I'd like to lead with that. So that being said, the limited research for this event has been probably my, and this is hard for me to say because I'm a silver lining guy, right? I leave all the critical analysis to Kyle most of the time, but this <laughs> is probably the least favorite limited research I've ever done. And that is kind of saying a lot because we've done a lot of different sorts of events that were kind of lackluster or were just like, you know, forgettable in a lot of ways. But this one was like, I wish it was forgettable, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's not, it's, it sticks out to me as a sort of like, just like a, a, just a problem. I think it highlights a problem with a particular feature that Kyle and I, and this is no secret, Kyle and I are not big proponents of Team Go Rocket content. We, it's grown on us substantially, but for instance, when I was forced to do it, I mean, forced, I could have chosen not to do it, I suppose. But for like the the level requirements to level up, that step in particular was very frustrating to do all the leaders and stuff like that. I ended up buying like 30 radar just because I didn't want to deal with it anymore and just got it finished. But this, I don't want to spoil too much of it. But for the sake of the conversation, I'm going to have to say a little bit about the limited research. You have to defeat each of the three Team Go Rocket leaders separately uh. and find them, which is problematic for a few reasons. First of all, and actually, this is the sole reason. It's random. It's random. So even if you find three stops next to each other, and this happened to me yesterday when I was finishing this up, three Team Go Rocket Leader marked stops as indicated by your radar when you scan it. They could all be Arlo. That was true for me. Three of them stand next to each other, three Arlos looking at each other. <laughs> and that was very frustrating. I am blessed to live in an area with a lot of stops. A lot. It's very easy for me to go other places and find new stops. And it still took me a long time. My heart bleeds for rural players, people that don't have access to a lot of different stops. It's a waiting game. It's very RNG heavy. And there's nothing you can do to influence it whatsoever. Zero personal agency. And that's frustrating. Second complaint. <laughs> Purifying shadow oh. Pokemon is probably the worst task, in my opinion, for value for player experience, etc. Second only to power up Pokemon. The reason that power up Pokemon is frustrating is because you are losing Stardust to gain 
five raspberries or something like that. It's not a good trade. You're pretty much doing it just for the completion of the task. And outside of that, I don't feel like I'm getting net worth out of that. I feel like I'm wasting resources and I do not like them, right? They're easy to do for sure, but I don't like them. The problem with purify shadow Pokemon is, is that there is almost no way to make it beneficial. Exactly. You're not purifying shadow Pokemon that you intend to use. Because they're more useful as shadow Pokemon, which means that you're purifying a Pokemon for one, three, five thousand, uh, five thousand Stardust, and then you're transferring them. Because what are you keeping them for? It's literally nothing. Lighting Stardust on fire. Yes, it is a little bit frustrating for me. I understand for a lot of people, Stardust is no option, and I'm kind of at a spot now too with five point eight million, where it's like, yeah, same for me. But it is still frustrating from like a metagame analysis standpoint. I, I mean. In the grand scheme of things, maybe, but also you could light that six million stardust in an afternoon. Yeah, I, I definitely have the Pokemon I'd like to, uh, you know, invest in for you sure. Ju- you just haven't uh, because stardust is valuable. Yes. You could yes. make 10 new Pokemon for PvP that you probably want to at some point use. Yep. And oh, God forbid you take part in every single Sylph tournament. Yeah, I stopped doing that a while ago exactly. just because I, I didn't have time or energy to keep up. It's very difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's largely it. So that's my beef with rocket based content. And this research really highlighted that it wasn't just like one step where you had to do the leaders. There were two steps, one where you had to do all three of them separately for each step. And another one where you had to do just three, whichever one you want, whatever you could find, which is fine. I like that version better. I don't like finding each one. I think that's just a. A, sh- a really short way to get people frustrated um, yeah. just the way that the mechanics work. Uh, but you know, I don't want to belabor the issue too much. Again, this is not me complaining about an event like this. If I had to find a silver lining, it would be that there are dark types out there. So if you need it for your masterwork research, that's phenomenal. There are some compelling shiny checks as Kyle yes. had already shouted out. That being said, there feels there doesn't feel like there's a Dratini rarity equivalent spawning in the wild right now. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be Dratini rarity. It just needs to be Dratini compelling, you know? Sure, like Sneasels or something. Yeah, well, people would not be happy with Sneasel. It's been boosted shiny way too much. But yeah, but so has Dratini. Yeah, but Dratini is, is pseudo-legendary fan favorite type. And thing. Dragon for the metal. Yeah, this event definitely needed a ringer in terms of spawns, and they didn't give it one. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that was definitely a blind spot in this event. And that said, the purifying thing, just it really highlights the issue with shadows in general for me, is that shadows are really, really good at what they do. And purified are nothing. They do one thing, in case you don't know. A lot of people don't know. Purified Pokemon do more damage against shadow Pokemon that's never gonna be useful you'd rather just have the shadow damage boost and (laughs) and defense loss instead yes and more to that point as well you might be thinking but kyle when you purify them and increases each of their ivs by two that is true and if you're sitting on a 13 13 13 shadow it is very practical and logical for you to think if i purify this i'll have a hundo of this isn't that good and your initial thought is on the right track but unfortunately the 20 percent Damage boost that you get from Shadow Pokemon far, far outweighs the amount oh, of like, damage output that yeah. you get from two bonus attack IV. Uh, an enormous amount. That yes. said, I totally purified a Puchiana this week so that I could have a Hundo. 
because it's the first hundo I've gotten since last GoFest, which is absurd. Nice. I did that for a Zubat as well a long time <laughs> ago, and I've kept him. But that's, you know, like, that's just because I want to keep him. It's not like I'm, yeah, I'm planning on not using good. it. It's not good. Don't, if no. you're talking about practicality, you'd rather have the, the 13, 14, 13 or whatever. I'd rather, I would much rather have a 777 Shadow than a Hundo Purified it for usability. Yeah. That's just that's just it. Actually, technically, I think a zero 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 is better than a hundo. Still, yes. I mean, even at that point, it's still like thirteen percent better or something like that. Even with the Pokemon with the highest attack IV available to us, which is Mewtwo. Yep. The damage difference is fifteen percent. You're losing if you purify it, right? So there you go. Anyway, off that soapbox. Other than that, the event has been fun. I do like events. And I'm looking forward to next week for some of the other spawns to come back. We knocked the rocket grunt uh, global goal out of the park. It's already finished. I saw a post from four hours ago. We're already done. Nicely done trainers. Um, and so the catch experience bonus coming back will be very nice. And we'll have lots of lots of great things to say about week two next week. I'm sure. That being said, let's hop into the news. All right, first and arguably only real piece of news this week is Gibble Community Day. No, not the announcement. We did that last week, but the event details this week. And the copy reads, trainers, we've got some news we think you'll gobble right up. At long last, Gibble, the land shark Pokemon, will be featured in a Community Day event this June. Well, when is it going to be? Well, they already kind of said it, but Sunday, June 6th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. Some people were theorizing that this might be the return to the three-hour community day. Looks like that is not the case. We'll have six hours filled with Gibble goodness. Features include Gibble will be appearing more frequently in the wild. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny one. Truly. Evolve Gabite, Gibble's evolution, during the event or up to two hours afterwards to get a Garchomp that knows the attack Earth Power, which is what a lot of people were hoping for. More information about Earth Power on Garchomp later on in the show take a few snapshots during community day for a surprise it'll be gibble uh, willing to eat my hat i'm not wearing one but i'd be happy to find one to eat there'll be a special one-time purchase community box available for 1280 poke coins featuring 50 ultra balls five incense five lucky eggs and an elite charge tm i will be picking that one up that one's not bad actually <laughs> Uh, for $1 US or equivalent pricing tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Gibble Community Day exclusive special research story, Just a Nibble. <laughs> Stay tuned for when tickets for when Just a Nibble re- special research story go live. Tickets are non-refundable, etc., etc. Please know that the special research will not include an in-game medal. Nice of them to point that out. Bonuses. And here's where Kyle is going to hang his hat. Three times catch experience and incense <laughs> activated during the event will last for three hours. Now, I'm going to uh, I'm just going to point out that Kyle's position was that he wanted three times catch Stardust for this event, um, and I am in the camp that three times catch experience is acceptable. Kyle, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. How do you feel about this? Does this make or break the event for you? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't break the event, but it means it's something I'm not going to pay attention to at all. Okay. That said. I mean, seeing as you're level 50, I don't blame you. I don't successfully land excellent throws consistently, so it doesn't matter to me. Oh, man. Okay. I will throw to catch the Pokemon, and that goal for me is a great throw 
unless it's a legendary. If it's okay. a legendary, I put in the extra effort because it takes more time for me, despite having put God knows how many hours in this game. But that said, all I'm saying is that last community day was three times catch experience because of an event. The previous community day was three times catch experience. Yes. This is now the third community day in a row that it's three times catch experience. Yes. This is supposed to be a cycle of like, we have like five options now. Well, we had it last time because it was an event. The actual bonus was quarter hatch distance. Yes. But then they just went right back to this. And I'm saying is that the three time catch from the event was overriding of the hatch distance because it was more significant to you, to most people. Oh, right. Fair enough. I am am (laughs) convinced that the average Pokemon Go community player probably does not hatch more than 10 eggs. Casuals. On a quarter hatch distance. Casuals. Now, that said, this would have been a good opportunity for quarter hatch distance because those are some good chances for good IV gibbles to come out. And it's actually something you want to see. So, again, it's it's a missed opportunity. Okay, I see. Uh, I think that three times catch experience is more than appropriate because everybody is on that XP grind right now. Whether or not you can land excellent throws doesn't really matter because even if you're great throws at three times catch experience, those are still good amounts of experience. I'm sure you gained a lot from Swablu Community Day, even though you weren't really paying attention to catching. Oh, I I, I did. Don't yeah. Don't question that one. Mm. But I just think that. It's more exciting when the rewards change. And it definitely, even though we had a different one last time, it feels like the rewards aren't changing. I I agree. I agree. I'm hoping that this was a conscious decision to avoid the Stardust bonus. And I know that you're going to hate that, but I hope that it was. Because if this Gibble community day, six hours, three times catch Stardust, there will never be a better community day, Kyle. This will be the peak of community days. I don't want that. I want it to be compelling in one way and not compelling in but all like, why, ways. Why? There has to be a peak at some point. Not if they play their cards right. And I think not having Stardust for this event is playing their cards right. I, I mean, I disagree. I think that there have been peaks in the past that nothing has surpassed still. Larvitar was one of those for a long time. Yes. Met, well, Metagross happened not shortly, not that long afterwards. True, but. true. Just saying. We'll we'll talk about in a minute about how exciting the move is. But oh, unless we forget, Swine Up Community Day as well was also Swine Up Community Day was great. I still have candy like just sitting there, and I never catch Swine Up anymore because I hate getting Community Day shinies, and I've gotten three shiny Swine Up since that Community Day. It also has kind of an obnoxious uh, uh, animation pattern. On screen, yeah, it's so far away too. So it's very. I remember we're all on that community just shuffling around the mall and just like yelling about like it's so far away. I can't I, hit the Pokemon. I just wasted twenty Pokeballs trying to hit this swine up. Oh, <laughs> Here you go. Take your man up. Quick catch. Yeah, man. What a what a time. What a time. But anyway, uh, we're looking forward to that. We do have some plans to do a podcast meetup in the Chicago Botanic Gardens. Details are posted in our Discord if you are a patron of ours. Um, But if you're in the area and want to join up, we'll be at the Chicago Botanic Gardens. Feel free to send an email if you're interested. All righty. Next piece of news here is almost not news at all. Through Niantic, we have been given 
information about when the next Go Battle Night will occur. It will happen on Thursday, June 3rd from 6 p.m. to 11.59 p.m. local time. And that is literally all the information we have so far. So keep your eyes peeled if Go Battle Night is something that you're interested in doing. Uh, Keep your eyes open for more details from Niantic, the other usual avenues of information. That would be Twitter, their blog, etc. and so forth. I'm sure it will be forthcoming. Not much here to ask your opinion about, Kyle. I'm so sorry. Other than maybe are you excited to see what this might hold? Uh, I mean, there's potential, but I'm not feeling one way or another, honestly. It's not your bag. I didn't do the last one, so. Yeah. (laughs) We did the flying one, didn't we? That was in November. Yeah, but that was that. No, the, the go battle night was the Merrill one, wasn't it? Where they had oh, the specific yeah. Meryl themed reward and you could encounter shiny Meryl itself for the first time. Because I don't before remember. it was before it was as Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if that predates the flying one or not. Uh I mean I, I just remember that the flying cup one was delayed by like two months. So all it's all very hard to keep not in mind. invest in Pokemon to use specifically for something like that. Okay. So, won't matter to me. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, And with that, that's the end of the news section, and we'll roll right into Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to take a look at Garchomp. It's getting ready to take a bite out of the ground-type competition. Woo! Because he's getting Earth Power. Earth Power is really good for those who don't know. Currently, Mudshot and Earthquake gives 15.06 DPS. 552 TDO. He is solidly in third place if you ignore Megas and Shadows. If you encount them, he goes down to like seventh or eighth, but they, they don't really count in this comparison. He's only behind Landorus T in first and Groudon in second. Hard to hard to compete. No, no surprise there. But what happens when he gets Earth Power? Mudshot Earth Power. 15.76 DPS. 577.8 TDO. It's a, it's an increase. It's not like holy cow break down the doors. It's amazing. But it's still enough to put him at the top of the charts. Not by very much. He he surpasses Landers T by a very small amount. But he's going to be a lot more accessible to use than Landers T is for most people. Definitely. So that's pretty exciting. That is until we get our Landorus T community day, of course. No, raid day. Oh, right, right, right. But that doesn't matter because once Groudon gets precipice blades, when that happens in the year 2032, <laughs> you know, everybody is going to cower. But And then, God forbid, they do Primal Groudon. But that's okay. Mega Garchomp exists. That's coming one day. Who knows? Either way, with this change, it's the first community day we've had that is actually a PVE increase compared to previously. And I think the last one was Rhyhorn Day in February of 2020. So it's been a it's been a long time of PvP exclusive things. Yep. That said, I have been told Earth Power is a vast improvement for Garchomp in PvP. I've been told this. But in like cursory searching on PV Poke and otherwise. I was not actually able to see like crazy swings in win rates or stuff that like vastly improves his current moveset. So 
going to have to wait for more people to actually do that number crunching and understand it a lot better than I will. But if it does have a change, it's going to be pretty significant in Master League, I imagine. More than likely. More than likely, for sure. But even more importantly is that when this moveset will be very good, probably when we get Mega Garchomp as well. When we get Mega Garchomp, I mean, it'll be almost no contest for Ground DPS. I mean, I'm I'm hoping for them to release like Dragon Rush when they mm-hmm. do Mega Garchomp and just like blow all of the dragons out of the water for a while. Because then like six months later, they could do Mega Rayquaza and give it Dragon's Ascent or whatever. <laughs> and just, yeah, uh, the power creep. But, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mega Rayquaza is going to break the game a little bit. Oh, my God. That raid. That raid is going to. They're going to have to think of something different for Mega Legendaries, but... Yeah, that's true. Uh, hey, do you think if they ever bring back EX Raids that they'll put, like, Mega Rayquaza in there? Oh, God. Do I hope not? But also, maybe. But, like, yeah. it would take... It, you wouldn't be able to feasibly ever use them then. It'd take too many raids to, like, stock up on energy. That's very true. That's very true. I just... I just want them to remove EX rate. It's been over a year. Nobody misses it. They they have functionally removed EX rate. Yeah, but like I don't see it removed in my mind until we have Regigigas accessible otherwise. <laughs> yep, that's a good argument. Yeah, we've we've since gotten Mewtwo out. Um, so there's that outside of that. Or Deoxys. I mean, if they Deoxys. want to give us Deoxys again, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. But Deoxys has been in regular raids too, so well, one form but that i think that shows that they're willing to recategorize it into regular raids yeah need be it's not like that form was you know that much more significant than the other ones i mean it was functionally but not like lore wise or otherwise right yeah anyway uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this kind of all shakes up but i mean people are excited about this pokemon regardless of whether or not it makes it that much better or not even if it is a three percent dps increase earth power is a welcome site because people were asking for it so yahoo that's great. Thanks for that gear up, Kyle. Appreciate it. We're going to roll into the Pokalore next. And this week we're doing what I didn't want to do because I ran out of relevant options. <laughs> Spritzy, the perfume Pokemon, and Aroma Tease, the fragrance Pokemon. First up is Spritzy. Fair warning. These entries are rather short because there's not much on these Pokemon. Spritzy is a pink avian Pokemon. Most of its face is taken up by its white, slightly curved beak which slightly resembles a Plague Doctor's mask. It has red-orange eyes with long black lashes. Top of its head is a curly tuft of feathers, and it has small wings. Its feet are light purple with no visible digits. Spritzy emits a scent that varies based on its diet and enraptures those around it using a scent pouch. In the past, royal ladies carried Spritzy with them instead of using perfume. Uh, that brings up a lot of ethical questions, but we'll let it lie. <laughs> Next up is Aromatisse. Aromatisse is a bipedal avian Pokemon. Its body is covered with fluffy purple feathers, and around its lower body is an even fluffier mass of pink feathers. There is a black bow on its lower back. It has a white face with a small curved beak that resembles a mask used by plague doctors or a masquerade mask. Use your creativity, I suppose, your imagination. Its eyes are black with red sclera and pupils and full black lashes. It has feathery ears with yellow centers. Each hand 
has three yellow claws, and it has paw-like feet with three toes. Aroma teas can give off a variety of different scents, ranging from a pleasant fragrance to an odor so repugnant that it can turn a battle in its favor. Notably, it can chase an opponent to lose the will to fight or sense of smell. In the past, aromatic mist was its signature move. Apparently, it is no longer. Now, <laughs> here are the stats. If you thought those entries were less than impressive, just wait. I got I got something better for you. Max CP at level 40, 2341. At level 50, 2647. That's not the move. Uh, base stats include 226 stamina, 150 defense, and 173 attack. Firmly putting it in the camp of not usable. Best move set would be Charm and Moonblast. At least it has a good move set. That's not too bad. Yeah. It can be used as a charmer in PvP. It's not awful. It's got bulk. Yeah, absolutely. So. It does. That being said, I just don't like this Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'm not don't. a huge fan. No, no. And I think that's pretty much all there is to say. Uh, not as exciting as Swirlix was. I liked Swirlix and Slurpuff's entries a whole lot. Um, but there you are. Spritzy is very cool. Aromatease, less than. <laughs> and that means that we get to move right along here into the Pokepole. Last week's Pokepole was, do you think the chance of encountering a shiny Pokemon in Pokemon Go is too high, too low, or just right? First one's from... Bulbaseth, and they said, I think the shiny rates in Go are just right, except for the rates during community days. Regular full odd shinies are just rare enough that you have to genuinely hunt for them, but not too rare where it feels like you'll never find them. Community day rates are far too high, in my opinion. The fact that people can walk away from the day with 75 plus shinies is absurd. I think dropping the rates to 1 in 75 or 1 in 100 would be the sweet spot for me. Fair enough. This is a hot take. This is a hot take. Yes. Yes, it is. And I will not disagree, but I will say community rates have been tainted from a year of six hours versus two years of three hours. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the better point would be that the old rate was good for three hours and a lower rate if they were going to maintain six hours would be, would feel better. I think the problem with that kind of argument is that they want people to be able to play community how they want and too bad for the people who play hard. Like, you know, you got to remember a lot of the people we interact with on a regular basis play the game hard. But there's a lot of people who play Pokemon Go, even who like play it a lot. Mm -hmm. They'll play community day for like two hours because they just want to catch the shinies. They just want to catch the Pokemon. Very, very true. Yeah. Uh, The next response is from Barry Cherry. As someone who doesn't care about shinies, I think the rates are fine. I still rarely catch shinies outside of community day. And that's that when I do, it's an event. I kind of forget they're even in the game. So when I caught my first shiny Meryl, I was stupid excited. (laughs) But honestly, they're really not important to me. My aunt could take shiny Pokemon out of Pokemon Go and I wouldn't even notice. Talk about hot takes. I I don't think that's as hot a take amongst the general community, though. Like, it's just like in the main series, though. How many people even know about shinies if it wasn't for the Internet? That's true. I know that I didn't know shiny Pokemon existed until 
I want to say X and Y. So <laughs> I knew they existed. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. That's I mean, I, I'd encountered one, but I didn't yeah. know it was shiny. But it, it's definitely a fair take. If you're somebody who catches like, if you catch a thousand Pokemon a week, you're still on a pretty high end for Pokemon Go, I would say. And even then, those are not great odds for encountering a shiny a week. Yep. Yes, I would so, agree with that. Understandable with that. here. It is becoming more and more uh, common, though, as more and more shinies are introduced, because there's more opportunity to encounter a shiny in the For general sure. pool. We we have more events where there's six or seven common spawns that can all be shiny. Yeah, and I wonder. That's an, that's actually an interesting point. Is that when we get to the point where everything in the wild is available as shiny, should the rates just be lowered? Just because that would, you know, make it feel like it used to feel. Maybe. Honestly, maybe. Mm-hmm. Next response is from Wang Jachen. They said, I think the rates are fine, but I do think random chances don't mean even chances. So you'll always have those who seem to go out and get a shiny or two every day and others hope to get one every week or two. It will fluctuate from time to time. The RNG seems to bunch up in certain areas. I have a friend who plays very casually and has a shiny Trubbish, Bunnelby, Pharaoh Seed, and a shiny Bagon. I have caught more Bunnelby than they have caught of each of those Pokemon combined, and I have a shiny Bagon, which is the only one I didn't grind for. A couple times a month, a small boost in shiny rates for one day might make those of us who feel forsaken by the RNG feel better. I don't know why Spotlight Hour doesn't have a boosted shiny rate. Because it's not supposed to be about that. I but like it, one in two hundred. I think they. I think that they think that having that that many more chances to catch the Pokemon is a worthy substitute for an increased shiny rate. Uh, Which is why lots of people walk away from that event usually with a shiny. I mean that I I don't know I don't know about that. I'd love to see statistics, but we also get a lot of those events that don't have a shiny uh, release yet. Too true. I would also like to say that generally speaking, outside of even this particular situation, I would also love to see statistics on anything. They're wildly I, fascinating. I love I love to see the, the stats. I just got to see the numbers. I, I'm just going to start saying that in like response to everything. I'd have to see the numbers. <laughs> even you know? if I don't understand what the numbers mean, show me. Yeah, like I just, I got to see it. I just want to see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got, you have Excel on your phone. Pull it up. That, that, that sounds like a line that. Tony Stark would have said in one of the Avengers movies. You're like, mm, I gotta see the numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, we, we have a few email responses as well. The first one is from Tristan. And they said, I feel like the current odds are actually very fine. I think they're estimated around approximately one in 450, but could also be like one in 512 from a mathematical point of view. In the main series games, the rates have been one in 8192 and one in 4096 is full on boosted odds which are all powers of two. Yes, Kyle. Yeah. Math. <laughs> I don't want to dive too deep into some uh, Pokemon that have perma-boosted odds because I feel like some of them deserve it. Some don't. Previously, like 2017, 2018, and maybe 2019, whenever there was an event with a new shiny be re- being released, the shiny was boosted. I like it more how it is now. The featured Pokemon does spawn a lot more to the event, but has regular odds, so you can actually hunt it. For Pokemon Go, you get a lot more shinies than the main series game. But the main series game is not about shinies for me at all. Pokemon Go is about more of a collector's game. So shinies play a bigger role in this mobile game, I feel like, 
Therefore, I feel like it's well-balanced odds. No one in 8192 odds, but also not a shiny every day. I feel like this one in around 500 is very well chosen. Good argument to make. One thing that I always have to point out to people is kind of a pitfall when you're kind of assessing something in Go is comparing it to main series games. They're very different. Um, when you're shiny hunting in a main series game, you can get infinite encounters from whatever you're looking for within a given chance. You can target something by being in the same patch of grass or in an area where you know what spawns. In Pokemon Go, you get what spawns around you. And yes, that's influenced by certain spawn pools for sure, but it's much harder to target. And so the shiny odds being boosted kind of meet you somewhere in the middle. I know that yeah. a lot of people don't feel that way, especially if you're a shiny hunter in main series games. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> that's if but you know if you're a shiny hunter in the main series game so much power to you because mm-hmm. like i tried to do it at the start of sword and shield it came out i finished the decks i got my shiny charm i started hatching eggs with the masuda method or whatever it's called because i wanted a shiny dragapult i think i hatched i don't know 200 eggs and i just got tired of having to manage everything because the game does not make it easy yeah. To like collect your egg, move the egg to the box, hatch the egg, and then you have to deal with your entire box full of one Pokemon that you have to transfer or wonder trade. And like people who do that all the time, far better gamers than I am. <laughs> Again, that being said, though, that's true. But I would say don't compare Go to the main series games. They do not compare. The situations and parameters are very different. But thank you for the email, Tristan. The next email response from G. Wrath. Hey, Kyle and Chris. G. Wrath here. What's up? I think catching shiny rates are just right. However, I'll never rely on egg shinies to ever come through for me. Green dino is a myth. <laughs> dino is mostly a myth, honestly. I think it would be really cool if they would premiere rare shinies in particularly challenging research, which would give you a few shots at a shiny in the form of research rewards. That way, everyone could feel like they're given a fair shot at the newest shiny. They could even add hatching tasks to the research to retain that sweet, sweet incubator revenue and encourage people to walk slash hatch, knowing that they will definitely be given at least a couple shots at the shiny. What do you think? I definitely think there's a there's an interesting take here because the primary issue is that Pokemon that are released egg exclusive, you can hatch eggs to your blue in the face and you might only get one yeah of the pokemon let alone a shiny it's the double layer of rng that proves to be killer and i would definitely agree with that yeah i would agree for sure i think they're doing a good job of pivoting some other things towards being like the task to go after though uh when you're looking to hunt down for these particular odds like the ar mapping tasks for the the last event gave you encounters with galarian ponyta and it was a research breakthrough and so that being the new shiny that was a good way to target that outside of hatching it you know yeah that's that's definitely true but it was it was also in raids too so there's yeah that. that's kind of yeah. its own thing which kind of separates it i think they're they're getting like that methodology though shows more respect to the people that want to target it but like just two events ago we had the the happening thing so it's it's not like we're far removed from it because i literally thought huh we haven't had that shiny dino like fiasco in a long time and then i remembered 
the happening actually happened. But see, here's the thing, though, is I think that that would have been different if it wasn't a baby because they have never had a raid for a baby Pokemon and you don't do AR tasks or any task for a baby Pokemon for as a reward. Maybe they did smooch them. Smoochum had its own unique encounters that was not exclusive to an egg. Uh, not that long ago. I don't remember, honestly, when it was last year. Did it? I don't remember it, that. It did. It, okay. it was available outside of an egg, and it was the first time they'd done it for a baby. A baby. Oh, interesting. I don't remember that at all, but I will take your word for it. That being said, it wasn't in raids, though, right? I honestly don't remember, but I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think they I put think it was specifically a field research reward. Man, it'd be wild if they had a like a half star baby tier. Yeah. Or a zero star baby tier. You just show up and you have a max CP of, of 50 for each of the Pokemon you can bring in. That would be, (laughs) that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Anyway, thank you for the response there. G Polyrath. Our last email response is from Jackson. Hello friends. Okay. My Pokepole answer is I think, I think the shiny odds are just right. I think that in the main series games, it's too tedious to shiny hunt. And I would know I've tried. 200 Vulpix eggs. It's still no shiny. Something you can relate to there, Kyle. Anyways, I have a story. So I don't know if it was a glitch for me or if it happened to everyone or something else, but something strange happened during Swablu Community Day. For about two hours during the event, all but two Pokemon ran for me. The ball would spin once and then the Swablu would run. Even if I used a Golden Raz and Ultra Ball on a 10 CP Pokemon, they would run. Thankfully, I only lost one shiny to this. Okay, have a wonderful rest of your week jackson huh that's what a shadow ban does but i doubt that was the case unless uh unless you were doing something that was worthy of that but i don't think so jackson i don't know also when you get soft locked because you're moving too fast that can happen but not not for like two hours true so unless you were in a car i don't know i don't know what to tell you i'd be curious to hear if there were other factors at play here but sorry to hear that i hope you got some shinies nonetheless there jackson and thank you for your response this week's Pokepoll, what's the one thing you're hoping for the most from GoFest 2021? All right, Chris, let's hear it. Axu spawns. Axu spawns. Yeah, I want Axu spawns. I really, really, really want Axu to become the new Gibble very badly. I, I see. I foresee one potential problem. Okay. Everything that spawns at GoFest has got to be shiny. Okay, that's a that's a good point. Which is why I will rebuttal. This is not my answer, but it's to rebuttal Dino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. All it's right. the opportunity to throw the Dino out there. Have your battle hour. That's the Dino. Gibble was in battle hour last year. It's great. It's a it's a great comparison. And then in like two months, release Shiny Axe you. you yeah. You've, you've done it. You've just literally replaced it. And it's like... The Axew's already so rare that it doesn't even matter. Oh, man. People are going to be so mad if Dino in their wild, though. They're going to be like, we had a, oh, that whole Dino hashing snafu, and it's been so difficult to get. It's I mean, only been like... People are going to be mad anyways. Yeah, that's also the other point, is that regardless of what Niantic does, somebody will invent something to be upset about. But I, I foresee the Dino thing in particular. But oh, yeah. that's that being said, they have to write that wrong at some point in time. They have to do it eventually. Yeah. Do they wait till they do a community day? Because that might be like too little too late in a lot of people's mind. 
I think that if Dino is rare for two years in the way that it has been, and then they have a community day, that would be worse. I think Gibble yeah. gets a little bit of a, of a little bit of slack in that department because it was featured at GoFest. We've had the shiny out for a while. This, that, and, the other and it's thing. and it's become more common. Like Gibble is not common, but Gibble is more like Lavatar at this point. Yeah, than it's like it was rare. previously. It, it's it's rare instead of like legendary. You know. Yeah. Right. That's it. My answer is I want to see ghosts featured in something. I'm sure you will. That's happened at every GoFest. Not really last year because we had we had water, grass, fire, ours, friendship, which didn't have any ghosts, mm-hmm. and then battle. Battle yeah. had like Shuppet, I think, in it. It wasn't ghastly a spawn last year in some hour. The premier ghost spawn was a Lola Marowak in Fire Out. Oh, that's that right. was good. That's right. That was definitely good. I just I want to see more because at in person Go Fest they have a literal entire theme for ghosts. We'll see. Uh, there's a good chance it will happen. They've done it in the past. But dear listener, if you have an answer to the question, what's the one thing you're hoping for most from Go Fest 2021? You can answer the question when we post it on our Twitter account. That's at GoCast Podcast. You can also send us an email to mail at GoCastPodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717. Or if you're a patron, we have a PokePool channel that houses all of those responses for the question, even sometimes before it's posted because I forget to post it for several days. Yes, I'm calling myself out. <laughs> all righty before we hop into our last little part of the show here which is emails and voicemails and all that good stuff we're gonna pass it on over to DeFi and fish on a heater they're both back this week for pvp corner and they're going to be doing a little bit of a mailbag episode enjoy hi i'm fish on a heater and i'm DeFi 250 and this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that always knows its fast move counts. DeFi, we're back. We are back. We are so excited. I'm so excited to be back. At, even though Camel was a great guest last week. He was. I really enjoyed listening to that last week. But if you could do me a favor and if you book guests in future, can you make sure they're not ranked higher than me? <laughs> I will do my <laughs> best. Um, that's going to be tough, though. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, because there are so many people ranked higher than me. <laughs> there's there's like a thousand of them. Uh, I when I agreed to do this PvP corner segment, my one rule, I had one demand, which was I have to be the highest ranked person on the show. <laughs> Darn. And yeah, you guys have broken contracts. I'm gonna be, get my people to call your people. We're, this is this is definitely going to a court of law. I, I am excited to hear the court of law <laughs> that is going to listen to this, <laughs> to right. this complaint. All right. So our extreme speed headlines for this week. We just passed Retro Cup. How did that go for you, DeFi? I loved the boost goose Zangoose was so much fun to put in the lead. Shadowclaw did a ton of damage to those ghost types because the ghost types using their ghost type fast moves didn't do anything to Zangoose. It was great. Only problem with Zangoose is it's super glassy. Definition of a glass cannon can hit real hard but cannot take a hit in return so i had a lot of fun i gained a little bit of elo but it was mostly just about having fun for me 
Nice. Um, yeah, super fun Pokemon to use. I decided to go with, like, I actually hadn't looked at the Retro Cup meta until, like, it started. I just had other stuff going on and just it wasn't paying attention. Uh, when I did finally take a look at it, I was like, well, the obvious choice, like, Dark Pokemon are taken out, Steel Pokemon are taken out, Psychics suddenly become major. But then I'm like, hang on, there's another Pokemon that is resisted by Steel and Fairy, and that is Dragons. And I ended up going with a triple Dragon team, which was Dragonair, Kingdra, and Altaria. And I found that to be really, really fun. It has like a really nice combination of fast move pressure and charge move pressure, and it allows it to overcome some matchups that you just wouldn't think it should. Like Dragonair can beat Frostlass in the one and two shields. Did you know that, Diva? I didn't. That's surprising. Well, unfortunately, Retro Cup is gone. It sounds like we had both had a lot of fun with it. We are currently in Open Great League, Open Ultra League, and Open Master League are the only three options. I am thinking I am at level 43 right now in the game, and to get to level 44, I've got to get 30 Great League wins, 30 Ultra League wins, and 30 Master League wins. And I took care of the Great League and Ultra League wins pretty quickly, but I haven't touched the Master League (laughs) wins yet, so maybe I'll take this as an opportunity to finally get some Master League wins and and progress to the next level. Um, I will have to build some Master League Pokemon, which will be just awful on the Stardust. Yeah, that's that's what I did to get from level 43 to 44. Um, but that was back during Master Premiere and Master Classic. So what are you thinking about building and powering up to level 50? Melmetal would be a good cho- choice. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I totally forgot that Master League Classic isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> it's, it's open It's open Master League, Fish. What, what you going to power up? Okay, new plan. I'm I'm going to just stick with Great League, and I'm not going <laughs> to touch Master League. I'm not, I'm not powering anything up to 50 at this stage. Oh, dear. Well, best of luck to you in open Great League and avoiding Master League. I, I want to do Master League eventually. I do want to get my Platinum Badge for Master League wins through Go Battle League, so I will have to get into that Master League again, but not this week. Not this week yeah, for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Next week, we have the unranked Kanto Cup. Remember, so Kanto Cup does not impact your ELO. No more ranking. So it's just for fun. So go have fun in Go Battle League. Play it just to get the rewards and to have a good time. One Pokemon that I've never really used and really want to try is Beedrill. I've heard a lot of fun things about Beedrill. Um, Poison Jab, Drill Run, just kind of wrecking shop. And it sounds like a good, fun Pokemon to use. Next up, we have a Sylph check-in. The Commander Cup is going on. And what have you found out during the Commander Cup? How have you been going? Well, I'm only in four tournaments this month, um, and that's probably what I'm going to stick to. I'm going to stick to the four I'm in. A couple things that I've noticed. So in my one biggest tournament that's been going on the longest, I'm two wins, one loss. And my one loss was an Alolan, or not even an Alolan Raichu. It was a Cantonian Raichu, which caught me by surprise that that completely wrecked me. Overall, though, I'm doing pretty well, but that, that Kanto Raichu just hurt my feelings. Yeah, I am actually using Kanto Raichu myself, actually, because... Of um, course you are. <laughs> because um, 
I have worked out that this is one of those, like a lot of cups are like this. It's a shield dependent cup. So uh, generally that like all the Pokemon that are popular will beat its counters if it's got a shield advantage. Things like Frostlass will beat Alolan Mark if Alolan Mark doesn't have any shields left to shield those avalanches. And same with Raichu, where Raichu just puts on so much shield pressure with its Wild Charge and Thunder Punch slash Brick Break Bait combination uh, that it will generally open up the rest of the team to be KO'd by the rest of your team. So, uh, yeah, I, I put that in, even though po- kind of PV Poke doesn't give it as many wins as some other picks, I've, I've found it really helpful uh, just as a safe swap and as a, a shield burner. I'd like to hear you say Brick Bait, brick break bait five times <laughs> fast. <laughs> But the other thing that I noticed was that the Hypno Toxicroak Alolan Muck core is so strong and it is a super popular choice. Most teams that I am seeing have, if not all three of these Pokemon, at least two of them. And it is an incredibly balanced and powerful core to bring to this cup. Yeah, there, it's actually a core that there is no single Pokemon in the meta that can beat all three of them, according to the PV Poke team builder. Uh, the best thing in my mind to take them on is something like a Frostlass, which beats Hypno and Toxicroak normally, and then can beat a Lolan Muck if, like I mentioned before, it's got a shield advantage or a bit of an energy lead. Munchlax can also do the job. It beats Hypno and Muck normally, and then it can beat Toxicroak if it just gets in like one body slam, I think, plus the extra lick damage in between. So with that, are you ready to do our deep dive for the week? Let's do it. So our deep dive is going to be mailbag. We've gotten a, quite a few questions in our weeks off, and we're excited to get a chance to address them. The first question comes from Barry Cherry. Hi, Fish and DeFi. Since I've been listening to the podcast, I'm pleased to say that my PvP skills have vastly improved. I kick butt in the Great League with Scrafty and Greninja and Whimsicott. The spice. In Mm -hmm. the back. I rarely need to bring Whimsicott out and usually finish up with a 4-5 strength. So thank you for all of your help. My question is, do IVs matter in PvP? For example, if I had a two-star Pokemon that I was thinking of using, would it be at a significant disadvantage against a three-star or a hundo Pokemon, even with a type advantage? Have a good week, Berry Cherry. Berry Cherry, thank you so much. We are glad that you are out there kicking some butt and taking some names. That spice with Scrafty, Greninja, and Whimsicott sounds like a lot of fun in the Great League. I actually uh, was so interested in that team that I built a Greninja and, and I'm trying out this team right now. <laughs> I've done a couple of sets with it and I have not been going too well. <laughs> um, Berry Cherry seems to be kicking my butt with this team because I think I am on, uh, I think it's like um four out of 12 wins. Um, anytime I encounter a fairy Pokemon and anytime I encounter a Skarmory, I'm just in a world of hurt. But to get to her question, do IVs matter in PvP? The answer's pretty consistent, I've found, across kind of everyone who who deals in PvP. And the answer is generally, IVs don't matter until they do. So 
generally for me, the order of importance when it comes to which Pokemon will win is the species is the most important thing, followed by the moveset, followed by trainer technique, and then finally, after all that, the IVs come into play. So, for example, no matter what IVs your Pokemon have, a Hypno will always beat Toxicroak, providing it has that confusion fast move, but... Um, even if it doesn't, it's, it, uh, the Tox will still struggle. Um, a Skarmory will just always beat a Victory Bell. Uh, so even in those matchups, no matter what your IVs are, they'll always win. If you have two Pokemon that are a little bit more even, like for example, you've got Haunter versus Wigglytuff. If Haunter's running a double Ghost moveset, so Shadow Ball and Shadow Punch, then Wigglytuff will just have an easy win against Haunter. If, however, Haunter is running Sludge Bomb, then that will flip that matchup against Wigglytuff. Wigglytuff will not be able to survive that. After that, that's when you can start flipping matchups with your own kind of timing and Pokemon knowledge and shield matchups and whatnot. And I just group that under the umbrella of trainer technique. Finally, right at the end, the IVs can come into play. I think of it like your one HP in a dream matchups. For me, I've had plenty of situations where I thought I was going to lose. It made sense that I would lose. And then just on one HP, I managed to win the match or my opponent beats me on just one HP. And a lot of times those will be kind of your more IV dependent wins and losses. So to know what IVs you need for a specific Pokemon for a specific league, we're going to have Chris link to the IV rank checker that Ghost Stadium created. This does all vary a bit species to species. Um, In the Great League and Ultra League, sometimes 0, 14, 15 isn't what's best. There is a caveat to this, and there it is an advanced caveat. So many people listening might want to just ignore this part. But sometimes you can do better by going the opposite way, having a really high attack and really low defense and HP. So if your Pokemon has a high enough attack stat, then in certain matchups, that will allow it to get one extra point of damage each fast move. And also the higher your attack stat, the more damage you are doing with your charge moves as well. It is obviously a trade-off where... If you are going with a higher attack Pokemon, you are losing that bulk. So you might end up losing out because you don't survive that extra charge move from your opponent or that extra fast move. So you have to be really comfortable and confident knowing this is what I want to get out of my Pokemon before you go the route of going a high attack Pokemon. But in general, I like to say, if in doubt, just bulk it out. Our second question comes from Trainer Triptondo or Tristan. Go ahead and read it off, Fish. Tristan says, Hiya, I've got a question for PvP Corner. We all know that Sylph creates a nice meta for each month, and later on the metas have become more creative than just these types are, are allowed or banned, for example, Prismatic and Commander Cups. In this trend, if you could create a Sylph meta for the whole month, what would your own customized meta be like? Curious to see what you come up with. Let's go. Before we even start, I really feel like I need to say that the meta team, the Sylph Arena team that creates the metas each month, have some brilliant minds 
great analytics and resources at their disposal to make sure that a meta is well balanced and is going to work well for people. Anything that Fish and I come up with would not probably work well in practice. (laughs) However, a couple things that we really like, um, Cliffhanger is a favorite team building, a favorite meta of mine. Um, Ghost Stadium is known for running it. Um, consistently. It's the idea where each Pokemon are put into tiers. Each tier is worth a certain amount of points. And you have a budget of how many points you can spend on your team. So with Ghost Stadium, let's say you have 17 points. And your S tier Pokemon, your Super Meta, Altaria, Azumarill, Skarmory Pokemon, those are worth like nine points. And then you have maybe some lower tier Pokemon that like Abomasnow or Machamp that are maybe worth like five points. And then you have some Pokemon that are maybe worth like one point, like an Alolan Muck or an Obstagoon. And then all other Pokemon are just worth no points. So I really like the creativeness of how you need to build your team here. Are you going to go for a S tier, like a God level pick? with an Azumarill, or are you going to spend your points more and get more of like those A-tier Pokemon, like your ob- like your Machamps and your Diggers Bees? Like trying to balance out your point budget, I think is a really interesting meta format. Yeah, I, w- I would love if that became an Arena Cup one month. Um, one thing that uh, my local community and I once did, and I've heard of other people doing this as well, is we call it a Gym Leader Cup, where each player has to represent a type of their own choosing. So people can double up on types, but yeah, they have to all pick a type. Uh, so you could pick the water type and, and all your Pokemon would have to be have that water typing in some way or the grass type. It was funny because uh, we all kind of thought, well, the water type is the most diverse and the most powerful. So yeah, obviously, you know, water is the best one to go with. But then we had people going, well, I mean, if everyone's going water, then I should probably go grass. Um, and then some people saying, well, if I go dragon, then that can resist both the water and the grass type. And it kind of <laughs> went on from there. I ended up going with the fairy type because I actually realized that there was a lot more diversity than what people thought. And I actually ended up doing so well with the fairy type that I ended up beating someone who picked poison type Pokemon. That seems illegal. <laughs> I found a way. Um, and uh, I also thought of like a, a type-based cup that would be pretty cool. I thought of fire, water, flying, and ground, or fire, water, air, and earth. So I called it the Avatar Cup. You've got the four elements, you're representing each one. I'm going to be the metal bender. I'm going to be tough. <laughs> All right. You, you go ahead and do that. It's, I'll put that in the rule set. It's like, okay, so everyone has to pick fire, water, flying, and ground, except for DeFi, who can pick one steel Pokemon. Excellent. (laughs) And with that, we can move on to our third question, which Tyler, or T-Hubs, as he's known in the GoCast Discord, sent to you. What did Tyler ask us? He asked, I really need to learn how to count fast moves. What's the best way? Should I make flashcards, for example, saying how many powder snows for an avalanche or shadow ball and just study? What do you think? I think... Your million dollar idea is someone needs to make an app. Someone needs to make an app. The information is out there. Make an app like a quiz game style app yep. and people will play it. I will. I would spend money to get like an, an ad free version of it. I would, I would pay <laughs> people, people because people would learn this. I'll put it on the to do list. 
All right, just credit us. <laughs> just credit us. <laughs> um, but I'm not the best person to ask. I don't really count moves. I go by um, one of my favorite Detective Pikachu, Ryan Reynolds quotes is, I feel it in my jellies. Uh, the the moves and when the moves are going to come in, that has worked well for me in the past. It has also um, gone disastrously for me in the past, but it's what I do. Um, I would The only thing I would recommend is learn by a meta rather than trying to, I'm going to learn all of the Pokemon at one time. Yeah, for me, I kind of did it that way just uh, through doing so many, so many Sylph tournaments. Another thing that uh, I think is handy is maybe not so much learning how many fast moves to a particular charge move, but just learning the energy counts of the fast move or charge move on its own. So that sounds confusing. Uh, Just as an example, it's seven energy per counter. Once you remember that, you can then apply that to every Pokemon that knows counter. So uh, once you you learn that some of the charge move energy costs as well, then you can say, okay, so I'm using a Medicham. I know counter has seven energy per per move, so it'll take this many counters to get to an Ice Punch and this many to get to a Psychic. Or uh, Defense Deoxys, I know it'll take this many to get to a Rock Slide. So you can kind of apply that across different Pokemon. It's probably a little bit harder to do, but I think will benefit you more in the long run. Sorry, you done. I zoned out when I started hearing math. <laughs> I was told there would be no math. No math. Yeah, yeah, I did promise that. Sorry. You know, we, we've both breached each other's contracts now, so <laughs> <laughs> let's just call the lawyers off. Call it a stalemate. Deal. <laughs> With that, that I think wraps up the episode. Um, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or myself, you can direct your feedback to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And let's kick it back to Chris and Kyle. Hey there, listener. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that mailbag-like, mailbag-esque, mailbag-e. Mailbag-et. <laughs> mailbag-et. Yeah, if I got a baguette in the mail, I'd be a little bit worried unless I ordered it. In which case, why did I do that? Be very stale. <laughs> hey, actually, you know what? Mail's pretty quick these days. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. It's time for the last section of our show here. And that section is, I think it starts with an E, ends with a... It's it emails. Oh, that's true. And one voicemail. All right, we're going to do our voicemail at the end of the email section this week. We actually did get two voicemails. We had one from Joe as well. Joe, I just want to let you know that uh, it kind of cut off in the middle there, but I did listen to it. It was just non-congruous, so we're, we're not going to play it. But thank you so much for sending a voicemail in. Really appreciate it, man. Um, but Kyle, why don't you kick us off with the emails this week? First email is from Eric, and they said, I've been thinking about ways to improve my throwing in-game. I really want to become more accurate. I do throw a lot of great when I'm catching, but I rarely succeed to hit those sweet, excellent throws. I'd like a feature in-game, like a throw trainer, where you get some feedback on your throws. Maybe you get a target dummy and some mock Pokeballs. Then after each throw, you get a score based on where you hit. But also you get some visual feedback on where your throw actually did hit. Then you can get some data to analyze and to improve your throwing in-game. For example, I think I tend to hit a bit too low into the left to get those excellent hits. I'm not really sure. What do you guys think of this feature? 
Well, I've heard it suggested in the past, pretty much since they added the team leaders as PvP training, basically, I've heard this suggestion, and I am all for it, personally. I'm all for it. Uh, One of the reasons why I think something like this has not been implemented or may not be ever implemented into the game is that there are so many different varying uh, patterns and distances that Pokemon can be at. And for them to allow you to choose between those different distances would, would be them sort of disclosing the sort of distances that they have as set. Because there are matching patterns, right? Like Magnemite has a similar pattern to uh, Zubat, right? And a couple of other ones. They move a little bit differently, but it's similar. Uh, and so they'd have to like give you the option to choose because only having one or two would not cover all of the catching scenarios that are available in the game. No, but I don't think it needs to cover all of them. I just think it needs to be a format that lets you get feedback without sacrificing resources and stuff like that. That's true. Like, That's true. I don't need a, a ghastly imitation. I don't then need a Zubat imitation and then a Weedle imitation and then a Pidgey imitation. I just need a mid-distance land Pokemon, mid-distance flying Pokemon, close land Pokemon, and then like far away Pokemon, you know, four, four options. They don't have to move. Like this isn't about like hitting moving targets or anything. It's just about being able to see what info, see what like distance and stuff does to your curve throws. Yeah. One thing I would really like to see the path, your Pokeball and your finger took when you released it. I'd love to be able to see the angle I let go at with my curveball in relation to where my ball landed. More than just about anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. That we probably wouldn't need more than like a few, a handful of them just to practice on. And then you can adjust that practiced throw based on whatever the scenario might be. That's true of FPSs that have a shooting range uh, mm-hmm. where they do that sort of thing. You're not, you know, that's, you're never going to see five straw targets standing in a row behind a counter at even lengths, but you can still get the practice on them from going to target to target. So I suppose there definitely is value in that as well. So good point. Um, and thank you for the email, Eric. Really appreciate it. This next one is from Kelvin. Hey, guys. On a scale of Joltik to Quagsire height, how are you doing today? I'm feeling pretty Quagsire today uh, is what they wrote. How are you feeling, Kyle? From from Joltik to Quagsire height related. Like an electric. Okay. Middle of the road. Middle of the road. I think I'll be like a sneasel if you include the feather. Wait, hang on. Does the feather make it taller than Quagsire? It's a female Steasel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> As I'm typing, I'm getting ready to go on holiday. Me and my girlfriend are taking a road trip along the south coast of the UK this week, going to the most southerly point of mainland England. And I've even persuaded her to have a day at a fossil beach. Oh, that sounds awesome. Hopefully, we will find a couple of Omanite. Oh, that'd be so cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> We're also having a day of cleft key hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't invite Kyle. Oh man! Oh, don't worry. He tagged me in the post after afterwards. So amazing. In December, we went on a road trip to Brighton and got some fingers crossed. They are still spawning in southern England. Hopefully, I'm sure they are. This week's question is: If you could have any regional Pokemon spawn where you live, what would it be? For me, it would be Mr. Mime. I for sure would swap Mr. Mime for anything. Heracross is definitely one of my favorites, but Torkoal would be amazing. I loved him in the show. My favorite vaping 
turtle. <laughs> Separate question for Mitch, Mr. Gravy himself. How did you unlock all of your extra names? Have a good one. Kelv Cooks Custard, resident average player. <laughs> well, hopefully Mitch will write in next week or something and, and let you know himself. But to answer the question, if we could swap out one of our regionals for another regional, what would we choose to swap out and, and to which one? That's a tough question. Our regional in our area is Tauros. Yeah. And then which which we have Panpour, right? Yeah, Panpour. Panpour. I forget. Uh, what else? I forget that one even exists, honestly. What else do we have? We have to have That's something it. else. We don't have anything else in the Midwest. Oh, just a lot of bulls. Yeah. Um, well, ever since Michael Jordan stopped playing, nobody's cared about the bulls for a long time. Hey, there was there was a point in like 2014 and 15 where people were real hype for the bulls and i'm not going to go into details because you don't care at all but no but but here's something i will say is that at that point in time that was like really peak everybody was like oh wait hockey is something we can actually enjoy and our team is really good so if you were a sports person you were talking about hockey and you weren't talking about basketball technically true all right that is the breadth of my sports related knowledge (laughs) anyway going no i can't so please stop you'll make me look real dumb But what would you trade Tauros for? Or let's let's leave Panpour off because yes, we would we would give up Panpour for literally anything. What yeah. would you swap Panpour for another monkey though? They are all equally meaningless to me. I feel the same way. I all would right, do it to only only to easily get the other ones in my Pokedex. Very true. In terms of practicality, I would trade Tauros for Tropius. Yeah. Because it's the only regional that actually matters, honestly. Yeah. I would maybe do it for Heracross, but I'm still banking on the fact that they're just going to throw Heracross to the wind whenever Mega Heracross finally has to come out. I think they're going to do that, too. And I'd have to agree with you that if I had to choose any of them, Tropius would be the pick. 100%. 100%. It's too viable in PvP. The opportunity to be able to actually catch a bunch of them and find an appropriate one for PvP is too good of an opportunity. Why would yeah. we ever pass that up? But anyway, thank you for your email, Kelvin. Appreciate it. Next one's short one from Sides one They said, what are your most favorite Pokemon? Thanks, dudes. <laughs> Why don't we give our favorite top three? Because we talked about our favorite number one a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm top three for me in order is Gengar Klefki Aegislash and Starmie Starmie that's right I always forget that you're a big Starmie guy I am I am a Starmie stan True. I love Starmie I would kill for a shiny star you oh my god please game it's a possibility I'm gonna actually have to submit this to the FBI after we're done recording you said that out loud <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right uh for me it is kind of in order kind of not my first place spot is kind of tied but it's Cyndaquil, Caesar. i have such a hard time with a third chris, slot chris backed himself into a corner there yeah by saying top three i it's it's a t- it's really really is a tough one because the number three slot kind of like swaps around like for a while especially when sword and shield came out it was definitely score bunny like mm-hmm. I love yeah. Score Bunny. Score Bunny is so great. Um, oh, Corviknight, Corviknight for sure. Yeah. I was man, I was not on the Corviknight train 
when Sword and Shield came out. I love birds, and Corviknight is an awesome, just really amazing Pokemon. Like, it's just, it's yeah. well designed. It looks neat. It should probably have a dark typing, but regardless, we'll leave that off the table. Uh, but it, it's neat. Win. It's fun. Oh, could you imagine? That'd be so cool. Break the game. <laughs> but it's awesome. I love Corviknight. Lots of love. But thank you for that email there. Uh, say, I think it's Sides. I'm going to say that. It was a difficult one to pronounce. Next one's from Drew, and they said, Hi, Chris and Kyle. The last several weeks, I've been listening to your old podcast because you guys are selfish and don't want to record a podcast every day for my own personal listening enjoyment. True. Just kidding. I just love the show so much. I'm willing to listen to Kyle be disappointed about two-year-old events. <laughs> True. It's a nice time capsule for sure. <laughs> I'm currently in the mid-2019 era. Just about every episode includes talking about Gibble, whether you got one, when you'll have enough candy to evolve to a Garchomp, or when the community day will happen. Given the obsession with the Land Shark Pokemon, I was expecting a fairly large level of excitement from both of you when the community day was announced for next month. Instead, both of you seemed a little underwhelmed. I guess it's just the nature of the game as new Pokemon are introduced and old ones become less rare. I suppose it might feel less exciting if you already have the shiny. I wouldn't know what that feels like. <laughs> still do you think you could reenact the announcement of gibble community day as if it were june 2019 to meet my expectations of your excitement level i really want to hear how excited you are to get your first shiny gibble and to have enough candy to power up your garchomp drew i could do that <laughs> i don't know i don't i'm not much of an actor but <laughs> i could definitely do that Kyle, all right. Let's pretend it's it's June 2019, and, and let's pretend that you've that you're just just say the news item. Just say just present it as a wow. It's finally happening. They announced Gibble Community Day. Waited so long. I am losing my mind. <laughs> I am losing my mind, Kyle. Let me tell you why. First of all, this Pokemon just came out. The shiny was released when it was released as well. So I thought for sure they were going to play the long game. I don't quite understand what's going on here, but I'm not complaining. That said, I'm going to do your job for you. I'm sorry for stepping on your toes. You see how I'm talking faster because you used to do this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to say right now that one of the things you're going to point out is that they are making a big mistake, that this is way too hype for them to just completely blow on this one event so soon. And I'm sure that you would say that this is something they should have held on to until like maybe mid 2021 or something like that. Can you imagine? What is going through their their minds right now? I I don't get it, but I'm here for it. Give me that Garchomp. I don't have a shiny yet because it hasn't been GoFest 2020 yet. <laughs> pretty accurate. I pretty think accurate. I think it's it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. That's all you're getting. I'm sorry. That was the I don't I don't act either. That was as good as I got. <laughs> uh, got anything to add? 2019, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited that it's happening. Because I want it. I, I'm not even the biggest Gibble fan, but it's really strong. And how can I not like to have a really good Pokemon? It's true. And we've never even heard of Earth Power before. <laughs> <laughs> that said, the only reason Chris and I are, are slightly not underwhelmed, but not like over the moon about it is just because Gibble has been featured now so many times. Yes. That it's it's just a little bit less exciting. But it's still fairly exciting. We've also gotten shinies, yeah. um, which, you know, we, we said before, didn't really make or break the event for us. And that's true. But 
that being said, if I had had zero shinies, I would have been like, it's finally time for me to get, you know, enough shinies that Kyle can't lord his three over me anymore, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But, but also I would say that it makes more sense now. And so the wow factor is a little bit drained. And I think also one of the things that's acting against us being more excited is that we were very invested in going back to the pattern with the starters. And this is again, breaking that pattern. And so, you know, just, it kind of, I don't know, just kind of caught us off guard. It caught everybody off guard. I think that was the point. So uh, I hope that's a, a satisfactory explanation, Drew. Thanks for taking us back to 2019. Wow, what a wild ride. <laughs> okay. Our last email is from TK Muffin. Hi, Chris and Kyle. TK Muffin here this week to share my misfortunes and ask a few questions. I'm already enthralled. But first, the questions. While I was listening to the podcast last week, it made me think of a question to ask both of you. One, if you could have any shiny that is not currently in the game, what would it be and why? My choice would be shiny Evatel, because in my opinion, it is the best shiny in the whole of Pokemon. All right, Kyle, what would you, what's shiny not in the game would you like? Shiny Evatel is a good answer. True. Shiny Litwick. That's a good one. So the flame is red. Yeah. Shocking, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, mine's Heracross. Is regular shiny Heracross pink? Yes. Nice. It is pink, baby. Very yeah, pink. It's, it's a good, it's a, that's a good shiny. It is. Big pink bug boy. Oh, boy, am I here for it. Yes, please. Please, please, please. Uh, two. Recently, I did a trade with my friend, a 14, 13, 15 Xerneas for a 13, 14, 13 shiny for alligator. After we both pressed the confirm button, the Pokemon were sent to each other. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Then we press the appraisals. Both Pokemon, formerly three stars, were now without a single star. The looks on both of our faces were priceless. Was this the Pokemon God's form of amusement? Or was it some overcomplicated math equation that meant we were now the not-so-proud owners of bad IV Pokemon? <laughs> Signed, TK Muffin. Well, trading in IVs is very, very... Random. It's random. It's nuanced. And, and the floor of the Pokemon that you can get is dependent on your friendship level. Best buddies is seven, 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 I mm -hmm. believe. And like new friends, what is it? Good friends. Just one interaction is one, one, one. Yep. Yep. So like if you're trying to reroll for IV PVP IVs, you want to trade with somebody that you're not best friends with. Yeah. Which you can do yep. seven days in a row, I believe. Right. Yep. That's what that is. Pretty much. Yep, yep, yep. Or rotate them and don't trade for like a month and then come back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if you have good IV Pokemon, it's usually in your best interest to not trade them. It is trade not guaranteed ones. to improve. No, not at all. That being said, if you are lucky friends with somebody, it, it will have a higher floor as well. Uh, so that's another way to boost your chances for IVs. But thank you so much for your email. Appreciate it. And we have one voicemail here from Mr. Mitch himself. Hey, Chris and Kyle. Uh, hopefully I'm getting this in right at the buzzer. Uh, it's Cook's Gravy. Uh, just uh, leaving a message here for my, just to be on the episode, um, as I do. So I'm just getting out of work here. That's what I've been most busy with. Um, the dark type event has started. I'm loving that. Um, Evelcal, I haven't looked too far into it, but hopefully it's still pretty good. Uh, and they didn't give him like the worst moves possible. Um, so 
let's just let's just skip right to goals. Um, oh wait, one more thing. Um, I I'm going through my uh, bulk to sell it off. Um, a bunch of my old uh, Pokemon cards, and uh, there's a lot. Uh, I'm it's just kind of cool and shocking, and it's cool to kind of look through these old cards that I've had for a long time that are just kind of sitting around, and I'm getting all the tournament into a booster box or something else or just cash. Uh, so we'll see. So my old goals from last week were 30 shiny Swablu. I beat that crit. Got he did. 35. He did. <laughs> um, 118 million XP. Blew that out of the water. I have about 119 million right now. And I uh, saved dust until GoFest. That is ongoing. Yes, I'm not going to dip under 1 million but before GoFest. Um, so let's do some new goals here. Um, I would like to catch five Eveltal, or no, we'll do ten. Ten Eveltal. Um, I would like to catch all of the new leader bosses and in an asterisk on a shiny for these new shadows. We'll see. I kind of doubt it, but uh, who who knows? And I'll make my third one save or I'll make my third one 120 million experience and my fourth one is saved us till go fast so thank you chris and kyle for another amazing episode of the go cast podcast shiny vibes all i am out of here mitch, thanks mitch gravy. <laughs> resident super player streamer supreme harry yeah that's right i always forget I, that one i want to this opportunity Mitch did meet us to play for a Swablu community day the entire time played with us. And it's a great example of shiny odds between different people. The three of us, approximately the same amount of shinies we played the entire time. Mm -hmm. Another good friend, the show Legendary Moo, also played the entire time. Caught about the same amount of Pokemon that I did. Walked away with 47 shinies. 47, I believe, yeah. And I'm just like, how do you do it? I don't understand. <laughs> and we were watching it. No funny business. Yeah, it's just no funny business. There's, there came a point where we used to talk about shinies on in a specific channel on the chat. And he would say, yeah, I got 63 shinies. And I'm like, I don't understand how you do it. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first community I've played the entire time with Moo. And he doesn't. He just he just does it. I, don't, I still don't understand how he does it. I don't know how he does Even it, having seen how the sausage is made, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but Mitch, thank you so much for calling in. Good luck on your goals and, and way to blow the previous ones out of the water, as you say. Good luck. That brings us to the end of the show. If you, dear listener, would like to send us an email like these fun folks did, you can send it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail like Mitch and Joe did this week, you can send it to 262-586-7717. Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. Visit our website for all things GoCast at GoCastPodcast.com. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily, you sure can for at minimum $1 a month, which gets you access to our best perk, which is our Discord community. Shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Cyprian Bo, Daniel Zekwalker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Laurie, Swartz, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Jabril, and Tish. Y'all are the real MVPs. Thanks so much for keeping the digital lights on. Much, much, much appreciated. 
Now, if monetary support is not in the cards for you or it's not your style or whatever the case might be, and you'd still like to help us out, you can do so by leaving us a review on whatever podcatcher you currently have that you're using that has a review system, unlike Spotify. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep bringing it up all the time. But please leave us a review if you can. It'll take you just two minutes. It's free to do and helps us out immensely. It really, really does. Thank you so much. Oh, and we also read reviews at the end of the show during this time. So if you want to be heard, that's another way to do it. Now, that leads us to our last thing on the to-do list, Kyle, which is our goals. What are you trying to accomplish this week? All right. First things first, I want to do 25 more Go Battle League for sure. Okay. I need to do some spring cleaning for my inventory and stock up on stuff that's both pokemon and items i'm currently at 2300 out of 3000 items which is that sounds like a lot of space but i've just caught a bunch of pokemon and very low on balls right now okay but i have like 380 rare candy i really need to spend (laughs) just can't do it yeah it hurts and i'm currently at 3,090 Pokemon, so I need to get both of those down because I want to be able to be prepared for Gibble Day without a lot of fuss. All right. And I also want to hit 50 kilometers this week. I'm already at 30, so I'm hoping that's going to be doable. All right, great. I've got 25 more GBL. Clean your inventory and and get some stocked uh, items ready to go and then hit 50 kilometers this week. Yeah. All righty. I want to catch a good Evatel because I have not done that yet. I've caught a few of them that are a little bit middling. Um, I'm going to say, you know, 14, 14, 14 or up would count as a good one. I'll settle for that, uh, for fulfilling that goal. 25 kilometers for the week for me because uh, it's later in the week and I'm not at 30 kilometers. So I will be playing a little bit to catch up. And I already finished limited research. So I've stolen a goal from myself. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but um, I've already gotten. Oh, my gosh. I forgot to shout out. But Mitch reminded me and I reminded myself again because I forgot since Mitch already said it. But I got two shinies this week, Kyle. Oh, one was a Puchiana today. Got that okay, on my plus okay. while I was driving around getting gas and stuff. And the other one was a shiny shadow Venonat. Ooh. Dude, I am so happy nice. about it. I'm so happy about it. I forgot they changed and it popped up on screen I'm like, no way. No way. It was great. Um, but I'm looking for another. I'll just do one shiny. I just want to get another shiny anything before next week. This is, a, this is an event to do it, I guess. It definitely is. There's lots of checks. That's why I feel I feel confident. Let's just say that. All right, that's the end of the show. We'll see everybody next week for episode 146. Thank you so much for listening all the way through or maybe just skipping right to the end. I don't know. What are you doing with your life? (laughs) We'll see you next week. Thanks so much again. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye.